0: Cigar. How about that cigar. We're getting creepy tonight, ladies so and gentlemen. So creepy. Welcome to episode number sixty-eight of How About That Cigar Live, guys. Thanks so much for joining us here live on Facebook, live on YouTube. If you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thanks so much for listening to us while you drive down the road or whatever it is you do while you listen to audio podcasts. If you garden, if you work, if you work Ooh. out, if you're doing something you know that is unmentionable while you listen to podcasts. Hey. We, we don't judge. We don't judge. We, we don't appreciate judge. it either way. Yeah. Uh, so, again, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it is episode number 68 of How About That Cigar Live. As always, brought to you live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, and we're going to mm-hmm. tell you about the launch of the latest addition to the Deadwood lineup, Leather Rose. Ooh. To all retailers nationwide, y- uniting with her sister, Sweet Jane, Fat Bottom Betty, and Crazy Alice, the Spicy Leather Rose is the boldest lady of the bunch. This 5x54 Torpedo features a rich Maduro wrapper and proves to be the spiciest of the Deadwood
1: family. She's spicy.
0: Lighting up the Leather Rose will fill the room with her exotic aroma, plus the effortless draw will leave you longing for more. Oh, yeah. The Deadwood (laughs) Leather Rose is a 5x54 Torpedo packaged in 24-count boxes and will be shipping in July. Mm. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. I couldn't even make it through that read today uh so guys, uh thanks again for joining us here live on uh, on how about that cigar it's tuesday night it's our favorite night of the week um we're excited we have a great show for you this evening uh but as always we wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the you know the stuff we have going on in the world right now um the baseball is back on we're excited it's baseball been, has it been kind of weird watching games it, it's you know what i people hate in the
1: stands you know what i hate is the little cutouts
0: so i I think it's weird, too, but I found out Super something weird I found out something that I didn't realize, and my microphone's a little wonky here so but I found out something I didn't realize, and that What's is that? apparently I don't know if it's every baseball uh uh park or what, but some at least if if you want you can buy that seat behind home plate, you can buy a seat and have a cardboard cut out with your face put there, and then the money will go to charity oh, okay. So I, again, I don't know if every ballpark's doing that or not, but I think it's kind of a cool thing. So you know, I feel better about maybe it. look it up on your favorite team's website, look it up, and see if maybe if, if there's a, a way you want to maybe uh, give to charity that way. You can be famous and have your cardboard face uh, on TV, and uh, you know, baseball has been kind of weird to watch. You know, seeing teams out there playing their hearts out and just to kind of you know. Silence. Some places are piping in crowd noise, fake crowd noise. Some aren't. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to watch. Um, our Minnesota Twins have been uh, riding the line. You know, they're 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 up right now. They're playing the, the home opener. We played uh, some road games, but we're we're on the home opener tonight. Uh, St. Louis. Uh, last night, checking the mm-hmm. we up five nothing, but we've done that. For a few games, where we get up early and then, mm. uh, you know, back <laughs> Minnesota fashion. Back comes the other team, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think that's a that's a Minnesota thing. That's why the only Minnesota team I root for is the Twins. Um, but uh, so, and as always, guys, we have been talking about this ever since the whole COVID thing started going on. Uh, get out there into your local communities and support your local shops. And I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I'm talking about bars, restaurants, uh, boutiques, cigar shops, whatever it is in your, uh, in, in your local area, get out there and support local shops. Um, some places are starting to close again. Some are, it, it, just call ahead to your, your favorite place and especially to your local cigar shops. Call ahead, find out what their policies are. And once you know, go in there. Pick out your favorite cigars from the humidor and support
1: those, uh, those shops. And, and do me a favor, too. Because do Garrett a personal favor. Personal favor. Thank you, Randy, for the update. Twins are up 6-0. Nice. Thank you. Um, if, you know, if you're against the mask thing, just don't go out. You know, or, um, So I had a handful of customers last Saturday who were adamant against the, the mask thing. And the problem I have is even let's say I'm against it, which I'm not, but if I was, um, the business that I'm representing can get a serious fine for not enforcing the mask rule and be forced to close. So we're affecting people's livelihoods. It's an executive order in states where, you know, uh, it's in effect. Um, So please wear a mask. If you don't want to, don't shit on the people that are needing to enforce it yeah as always don't be a dick you know just
0: get out there support your local shops you know do do if they want you to follow certain protocols follow the protocols they want you to um because you know that's part of them they've got they've got a lot of liability and they have a lot on the line you know a lot of these people have their their lives invested in these small businesses so you know be nice and uh support local shops uh, so, guys, again, episode number 68, How About That Cigar Live. Uh, we're very excited, and we have a very special discount offer for all of our viewers and listeners uh, right now tonight. So I want to bring in our special guest this evening. And as always, guys, our special guest is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together Welcome to episode 68 of How About That Cigar, Lee Marsh from Stolen Throne Cigars. Lee, welcome to the show. What's going on, guys? Man. We are living the dream.
1: Mm-hmm. Garrett,
2: yeah. I'm going to need you to say package again, please.
1: Okay. Package. Love it. Let's go. Thanks. I'm yeah. ready. I'm glad. Yeah. It's, All right.
0: It's haunting. <laughs> it's, it really is haunting. Well,
1: you know, and it's interesting because when <laughs> we started having sponsors and different copies and stuff. Um, a lot more of them fed into that bit. (laughs) And I feel like either they changed it on purpose because not like that last Corona, I can't do anything with that. Like, (laughs) yeah, I can't do a thing.
2: Not with an attitude like that. You can't, can't you know what, can't coach effort. You know what I mean?
1: Lee, I need you. (laughs) (laughs) I need you in my life.
2: Yeah. Between that, between that and uh, don't be a dick. I mean, this is gold, you know? It is. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So I just, uh, I want to, before we go any further, I want to let everybody know, uh, like I said a few minutes ago, we have a special offer for our listeners and viewers tonight, and I'm posting it in the comments as we speak. So check the link in the comments that I just put in there. That is for Ramsey Smoke Shop. Click on that link. And that will take you directly to the uh, the purchase page for Stolen Throne Cigars. Use the promo code HBTC, and you will get 10% off your purchase of Stolen Throne Cigars. So use that code HBTC. Ramsey Smoke Shop, Omar, our buddy, thank you so yeah. much, brother. We
1: really appreciate it. Uh, Omar. Awesome. Yeah, Omar is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Want to give a shout out to—we uh, saw Chad come back. He was on vacation last week. Christopher, uh, we really appreciate all the regular guys that uh, support us and watch every week. Yeah, absolutely. It, it means a lot.
0: Yeah, we've—it's been really cool, you know, because c- we've only been doing this a year and a half or so, mm-hmm. and it's—it's it's been awesome and and humbling to see people who who actually care enough to genuinely come back every week and listen mm-hmm. to our guests and you know hear about people's stories and that's really that's really what we do here we want people to like lee to be able to come on here and tell their stories and uh because there's is something so much more i mean cigars are awesome in and of themselves but to be able to sit down and actually learn somebody's story and the story behind the brands and all this stuff yeah it's there's something that makes smoking that cigar even that much more gratifying so you know thanks to our regulars and um so, Lee, um, before we go any further, tell us uh, tell us what you're smoking and drinking with us this evening.
2: Well, I'm smoking a Crook of the Crown Robusto right now, and uh, I have a Driftless Glen straight rye whiskey single barrel store pick Ooh. from Total Wine & More.
0: Very nice. It's mm-hmm. very
2: cool. If you guys haven't, uh, it's like a four-year rye, so it's a little bit young, but it's exceptional. I really like it. Uh, if nice. you guys haven't tried it, check it out.
1: I live vicariously through others. <laughs> Twenty-five years sober, good but, for you. Uh, so I, I often smell Matt's treats when he has uh, when he has treats. And yeah,
2: well, yeah. Um, well, what are those treats? You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, well to,
0: he, I mix it up. But tonight, yeah. um, a few weeks ago, my wife and I um, went on a quick weekend trip to uh door county wisconsin which if you haven't been there or heard of it it's you know it's it's basically the the peninsula that goes up into lake michigan over by green bay and it's this narrow peninsula here's wisconsin yeah so it's 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 the thumb right there so
2: (laughs) (laughs) i'm a visual learner thank you yeah yeah (laughs)
0: There you go. So it's uh and, and it's this narrow band of land that has, you know, uh it's it's all coastline obviously on Lake Michigan and there's a bunch of uh cool little towns and wineries and distilleries and all this stuff and uh we stopped at one distillery that makes their own in-house barrel-aged gin. Oh yeah. And so I'm drinking a uh, gin and tonic that's made with barrel-aged gin and grapefruit tonic. Wow. And it is uh, well, and it's a, just a small, just a little, just a sniff. little, just, yeah. just a
1: little, just a little.
2: Actually, this
1: is actually made in Wisconsin.
0: Uh, is yeah.
1: it really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, nice, Quentin. So, <laughs> Q. We really uh, oh, come on, Lee, get it together. Got kind of an uh, earthquake. How many of those have you had?
0: Uh, That's none of
1: your business. Not too many. Just one right after the other. That's all. All right. So I'm. I'm. You know, you are a small batch guy. Um, Recently, I would say recently new to the market for the most part. Can you give us a little rundown of your history um, of cigars? Maybe your first cigar, your origin, your Wolverine. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I've been smoking cigars probably 15 years. Um, you always get that question a lot, like, what was your first cigar? I don't really know. I don't really remember what my first cigar is. I know, like, it was with my uncle, so he was a cigar smoker, and that's generally how it gets going, right? You Someone turns you on to it, and then it becomes a, a bigger and bigger thing, and then I, I just got infatuated with it. Um, and then I, I moved to Virginia here about seven years ago, and that's when I met my partner JR, and same thing. We just were both really into cigars. We joined a local cigar club, started meeting people. I traveled for work, so started meeting more and more people in the industry, and it kind of just kept snowballing, snowballing. And then I just got, you know, evacuated with the tobacco side of it, and especially the boutique cigars. And then it just kind of snowballed from there.
0: Yeah. And we've we've actually access to a couple other, you know, uh, guys that have smaller brands um, and and not even smaller brands but newer brands there's been so much going on in the last uh, and honestly it hasn't even been a short time you know 15 20 years there's been different governmental regulation things that come along to uh, make things more difficult for cigar companies for cigar shops and even for cigar smokers but with the with the environment that things have been like honestly in the last five years uh, with FDA taking over tobacco regulation and deeming regulations and substantial equivalency and, and all this stuff. I mean, I, I got to be honest, it, it has to be the, a time right now that I ask people, why would you uh, – there has to be such a deep level of passion and care for the cigar culture as a whole to go through all the BS that's necessary To, I mean, imagine it as a massive company like like uh, Swisher International that owns Drew Estate or Davidoff or, you know, uh, General Cigar, some of these massive companies who have teams of lawyers who help them through all this stuff. But for a small a small time guy like you, you know, starting a brand new cigar company within the last couple of years. um, I mean, how many times did you go back and say, am I really doing this? you know, and, and what, what were some of the learning curves and stuff you had to go through in the beginning realizing, oh man, there's a lot more to this than I thought.
2: Well, I never claimed to be the smartest guy out there. <laughs> no, I, so that, that's, that is a real, a real part of it. Right. And so I come from a legal compliance stand, a background and, and so does my partner. Um, and that's what a lot of people don't see. They see the success that we've seen. We've, we've accomplished and are grateful for over this last year and change, but they don't see the two to three years before that, where we're putting all our ducks in order making sure we're, we are doing something that's not a waste of time and making sure that we're doing it correct, you know, and that's kind of understanding where we're going to go as, as, especially since it's as you know, transparent as mud. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so creating different avenues to, so that we can live on past this and continue to transition through whatever period comes through with the FDA, and so we, you know, we set the goal out to be here for the long term. So those are one we put the horse before the cart. So we made sure that we would be able to attack this um, one way or the other before we even got onto the market. So you, you're absolutely right; it is huge. There is obstacles, the user fees, and you know the things that come along with that. But if it's something you care about, there's a million things. There's a million reasons not to do something. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, i don't, you guys don't know me very well yet, but you could ask around. I'm not one to be told not to do something. So
0: um,
2: <laughs> I'm too, <laughs> I'm too stubborn to give up. So we're, we're here and it, it was an obstacle, but it wasn't, it's not the boogeyman in the closet that everyone makes it seem to believe when you yeah. do the things you're supposed to do, you know?
0: Yeah. So you, uh, f- what I'm hearing is that you did a lot of the due diligence before you even placed an order for, um, for your cigars. Absolutely, factory. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's really smart, and and not everybody does that. I think I think there have been a couple smaller companies that have maybe uh, you know placed the order for the cigars, got the cigars you know shipped into a distributor from in the states, and you know started uh, working on selling them to to cigar shops and then realized, Oh shit, there's, there's all this legal stuff that I've got to do and I don't have the foggiest clue how to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's smart that you did all that beforehand. So the headaches are, are more few and far between.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, they're still there, but I'll be honest with you. If our, if JR's and my background had been different, we probably would have done the same thing because you don't know what you don't know. And even when I can tell you, even in doing the due diligence, it's still a pain in the ass to figure out what you're supposed to do. Uh, But it just happens to be with us both having, you know, the compliance background and and that kind of stuff that it ended up being our normal process anyway, if
0: that makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, one of the things that I always, because, um, being able to visit different cigar factories, um, I always I I love being in the factories and seeing all that stuff. And one of the things that interests me with uh, smaller brands is um, how they develop those factory relationships and choose those factory relationships and things like that. So what is it that made you decide to um, to go with the factory that you did for producing your cigars? Um, And and how did all that all that come to be? It's
2: a great question. Um, cause you're right. The, for a guy from Baltimore to start a, a company in Nicaragua, like the, the relationship building is the hardest part. We were lucky enough to where we were both traveling. And because we were so infatuated with cigars, the first thing we did when we got to a new city was go to a cigar lounge, right. And, and hang out. And then when you do that, you go to events, you meet people, you start talking to people, Um, and then it kind of grows from there, and then you realize how small of a community it really is, even on the manufacturer side. The majority of us know one another, you know, um, Mm -hmm. good or bad, and then it just kind of grows. And and for we had an opportunity because of those relationships that we built to. We were lucky enough to have a few people willing to work with us. We chose Noel because hearkening back to me being stubborn, if we were going to fail, I wanted it to be because of something we created that didn't work out. Like we just didn't have it. Right. So, and you'd be surprised at how many people don't want to give you the total control when it comes to blending and tobacco selection and the way you roll things and the way that you do things. Um, and that was at the heart of the whole reason we wanted to do stolen throne was being boutique guys. We started to notice things that we would do differently, not necessarily bad, but just things that we would do differently. Yeah. Um, and so Noel asked around and luckily we had a, a bunch of mutual acquaintances and he said okay let's go and i think he just took us seriously because we were on the next flight down uh to texas and then nicaragua so it's it's been a no-brainer at this point
0: yeah absolutely you know? um and i'm putting this comment on the screen that uh, nelson actually put this comment up just a couple minutes before we even went live uh just discovered the line yesterday crown was amazing last night bought the call to arms, very impressed. And, uh, you know, what, what is that? Uh, I mean, that's gotta be just extremely gratifying, you know, early on in the, in the journey of, of stolen thrown cigars to, you know, see that kind of, uh, uh, admiration and support from customers. Um, what is it like, you know, in, in, uh, in this day and age interacting with uh with your customers and also the uh uh the retail partners that you guys have built relationships with
2: it's it's exhilarating man it's 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 really great because you know when you start out it's all unknown right we always like JR and I joke about it but it's it's not really a joke like people ask about the crook and why we did certain things and it was a very basic fact like if we couldn't sell them we were going to smoke 10,000 of them so we needed to like it So, you know, and, you know, then it became this, this new company on the scene, their jokes, they're not really supposed to be here. And then the abundance of just the crowd pushing us, you know, I, I always say that, you know, we own the company, but the consumer owns the brand. you know, Mm. from, from them pushing us to their, their local retailers and going in and saying, why don't you sell this cigar? Like, this is a great cigar. Um, that means a lot to us. You know, we take it. Ex- we say it time and time again, but I take it extremely personal when someone spends their hard-earned money on our cigars because cigars yeah. aren't cigars aren't cheap, especially now with everything going on with the pandemic and you know people's budgets are even more strapped and they're still buying our cigars. I mean, that yeah. means a, that means a lot to us. Um, and so, and and the partner side, it's monumental in what we're trying to achieve. I mean, you see what Omar did tonight. Um, yeah. So when you We've turned we've turned retailers down not not out of spite or anything more than if you don't believe in what we're trying to achieve and what we're doing then it's not going to work right we you know we, we came on the market with two vitolas of one blend and the whole point behind that was and and I had people in the industry friends of mine who I respect greatly They're like man maybe you should do a couple more but I I, I was honest about it I said man I'm a new company no one's ever heard of me I'm asking you for shelf space. It's easier for you, me to get a retail box with two sizes on there than to get six boxes on there. Yeah. Yep. And so that, and it's just taken off. We're super grateful. I mean, of course, I mean, it's still surreal. Like we talked about before the show. Um, I always believed in what we were doing because our opportunity cost was so high. I wouldn't have done it otherwise, but I'd be lying if I told you we'd be here now this quick.
1: Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to remind everybody, Omar at uh, Ramsey Smoke Shop has given uh, viewers of HBTC a discount. Uh, link is in both Facebook and YouTube. Uh, please be sure to check out uh, Stolen Throne cigars. So, Lee, Stolen Throne. Tell us a little bit about Stolen Throne
2: like the name, or
1: in yeah. general?
0: Yeah, no, no, no. The name. Yeah, the the what's what's the meaning behind the name uh, "Stolen Throne" and the and the name of uh, of the blends?
2: This was a this was a planned question. I know it was. No, this is a, this is a question we get a lot because the the story has gotten out and about now, right? Um, and it is a hundred percent true. Uh, Jr. and I, like I said, we've been around the industry for quite some time. We have friends who own other brands, um, and so we've been, you know in the circles, if you will. We were at a dinner probably six months or so before we kind of locked everything in. And honestly, we were having a really hard time with naming the company, what we wanted to do. We had the tobacco, we had the cigar, but the brand that we wanted to be something that we could believe in, something that you didn't, I didn't have to go out of my way to sell it to you because it is what we are. Um, And Stolen Throne did start, with a very spiteful dickish move on my part. <laughs> uh, we were we were at uh, a dinner uh, with some other people in the industry and there was certain individuals there that uh, they're not my favorite. Um, and they made a comment, something, you know, the word had gotten out that we're launching this brand and then we were working with Noel and the um, comment was made like, there's not enough room at the table. There's no seat here for you. Um, and I, I had been drinking... No. I had been drinking that night.
0: That comment was made to your face?
2: It was to my face, so I do appreciate that. Uh, But then I had, like, my Goodwill, you know, Goodwill hunting moment, how do you like them apples? Uh, Mm -hmm. I said, well, fuck you, I'll steal one. And then, you know, we were sitting down uh, a couple weeks later. JR goes, hey, you remember that time that you told that guy to shove it up his ass? (laughs) How about about Stolen Throne cigars? And... It just went, it, and then the Crook of the Crown just came organically after that, you know. It, it really played into it, and the call to arms was just the follow-up, like, you know, coming back from the the Crook, because I, I told you guys, like, I we had a really hard time deciding what should be next, because, you know, we had worked so hard on the Crook, spent so much time developing it, and the, you know, it's been so well-received, like, how do you, how do you follow that,
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So that's um, what the call is. And what's the uh uh tell us about the symbolism behind the design here with the the uh is that a crow or a raven on top of that crown there? It's
2: a raven, it's a raven. So uh the crown is obviously part of the whole stolen throne moniker, but uh the, the raven is because I'm from Baltimore. JR is uh JR and I are actually huge Ravens fans. We share season tickets. Um, and so it just kind of became an homage to where we came from and, and what we're doing.
1: Best Raven of all time.
2: Oof, that's hard. Uh, everyone's going to say Ray Lewis,
0: <laughs> but I'm mm.
2: going to say, I'm going to say Ed Reed.
0: Oh Ooh. yes. Big, big, big cigar guy too. Ed Reed. Yeah, he He's
2: is. Huge Crook of the Crown fan, by the
0: way. So oh, that's Ed nice, nice, man. Oh, that, honestly, it went, so, so how did you first find out that Ed Reed was a huge Crook of the Crown fan, and what did that feel like when you found that out?
2: Funny story, so we have uh, great friends and family in Baltimore, obviously that's where I'm from, um, Spartan Cigar Lounge and and Dan's, uh, dance Cigar Lounge, they, they've supported us from the day one, right, uh, and one of the owners of Spartan's actually, for the longest time was, um he owns restaurants wall. And so he, he did the official tailgate for the Ravens. So he asked us to come down and sell the cigars there. Um, while we're, you know, at the tailgate drinking and eating, having a good time. Um, and I see this big crowd, like this massive crowd come through. Um, I'm not really paying attention. And then I get a tap on the back of my shoulder and it's Ed Reed wow. uh, and, uh, he's smoking. He's like, man, this is a fine cigar. So he shakes my hand. And then, uh, you know, he wants to do his own stuff. He's he's getting into business, so I gave him my card, contact information. And then that day at halftime, I'm thinking, okay, I'll never see the guy again. That was pretty cool. He texts me while I'm sitting at the game. What? Uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I don't get really weirded out about that kind of stuff, but that was fucking awesome.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's so he signed, cool. He signed one of my crook hats. He took a bunch of cro- crooks with him, and then uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so – I chat with him every now and then. He's a great, great guy. Loves cigars, loves the the, the community and, and, and all of that.
1: Oh, that's awesome. That's a great story.
0: Well, uh, I think that, uh, you know, and that's, that's something that we've seen a lot. It's, it's been going on forever. I mean, there've been big sports figures that have been cigar guys for, for decades and, and, and beyond. But, um, it seems like in the last few years, and I think this is in the end going to be something that is beneficial to the cigar industry, the cigar culture, is seeing a lot of these big-time sports celebrities that are not necessarily outspoken, but they're also not going to shy away from just being open about the fact that they mm-hmm. enjoy premium cigars yeah, on a yeah. big-time level.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we don't we don't want to think that we need it, but it, it does give us some legitimacy. I mean, yeah, if if you're not if you're in the culture, you feel like it's already legitimate. Because I always say it's not really a hobby; it's a lifestyle. Like if you're
1: hundred really
2: if you're really into cigars, you know, like I have a lounge in my house. So I've told you guys before, like my closest friends, I all I met through cigars outside of like you know my college teammates and that and, and whatnot. And I think you're 100% true. You see, like I said, like Ed Reed, you know, he's at his Hall of Fame induction, smoking a cigar next to his bust.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: mm-hmm. you see Joe Burrow smoking a Carl Malone cigar, you know, at, mm-hmm. after the National Championship game. I mean, those are memorable moments, right? Yeah. And even if it's not, we, I hate when it looks like it's cliche, right? Like, oh, this is a big moment, let's have a cigar. But, you know, some of your, your, your finest moments, I mean, the, the Remy gene for us is an event only that I didn't really want to do. But it was a blend that Noelle and I came up with for the birth of my daughter. And so it's meant just to be shared with friends and family, you know, Jr. and the guys that work with us here at Stolen Throne. Like they pushed me to make it an event only. But those kind of things, those moments that it captures, I have guys reach out to me like, hey, man, I just found out I have my first kid and I burned a Remy. Like that's that's the cool shit.
0: That's yeah, the shit that
2: I. That's the shit that I care about. Like that's because yeah. that's what it's meant to be. Yeah, you know. Uh, I love so it. I, I do think you know, like like we were talking, it does give you some legitimacy, even if we want to believe that we don't need it. It's still giving you that reach, right? Like it's still putting it out there. Like me smoking a scar compared to Ed Reed smoking a scar has totally different impact.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Even though I think I'm pretty fucking cool, he's cool. <laughs> right. He's cool. he's cool. He's cooler than me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry sorry but you you'll never be Ed Reed cool. I mean you're, it. you're great in my book but you'll sorry, you'll never be Ed Reed cool.
2: A man's got to know his limits. I get
0: it. <laughs> um so uh sorry, I'm Oh yeah. Uh sorry, I was reading through my list of questions here. So you talked a little bit about um you know the uh factory and production relationship with Noel, but who were some of the other people that uh gave you good you know were good mentors for you specifically and in, in relation to your brand to stolen throne cigars who mentored you and gave you uh you know good advice and maybe you know maybe even you know tough words of uh you know tough love as it were
2: you know it's it's funny that you say that because i there's one moment that i have uh that i always kind of harken back to because it's very easy you get caught up in the hype and everything that's going on. And and you kind of get so stressed out about this kind of stuff because in this business, there's so much stuff that you can't control. Like once you order the cigars and you're here and they're there, unless you live in Nicaragua and you're there constantly, there's so much that could go wrong that that's out of your hands. Right. Um, and I'll never forget. I, I was sitting with Island Jim at the leaf and bean It's just him and I just bullshitting. Um,
0: I love that I was, guy the way. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah.
2: He's, what a cool dude. Has no concept of time, like living his best life all the time. Like, he's awesome. He's my hero. Um, but I was telling him how much I, you know, I love the cigars. I love what they're doing. And he looks me dead in the face and he goes, Lee, don't take this the wrong way. I'm, I'm really glad. But even if you didn't, it's just a cigar. Mm. We could still be friends. It's just oh, a cigar.
0: Wow. That's Cool. You know, that that kind Mm -hmm. of uh, I think that's good advice, you know, because it gets you sometimes, like you said, we get we kind of get stuck in our own headspace and we get caught up in the moment. We get caught up in even even sometimes we get too caught up in the logistics and all that. And then, you know, just for somebody like like Jim Robinson to come along and say, hey, you know, just just breathe. It's 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 just a cigar.
2: You laugh it off, but it, it's, it's very stressful because for us, like our biggest thing is we want to do things the right way. We want to handle business the right way. We want to be transparent. You know, we're, we're not, we're here to be partners. We're here to provide a good product. Uh, and another story to go that, uh, Chris Kelly, good friend of mine, owner of Ezra Zion, him and Kyle Hoover and they own Cigar wow. Federation. Um, I'll never forget this man. Like, so we had just got a hundred out of a hundred from Kat, man. The buzz is going strong. They had a massive order coming in for cigar federation and it gets lost in transit. So I'm actually traveling back from Texas to Virginia. And like, I'm talking to, I call Chris, he just laughs. Like I, I the first word, the first thing I hear when I, he picks up the phone is he just laughs and goes, welcome to cigar manufacturing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I, uh, I bought one of these uh, Crook of the Crown at Ramsey Smoke Shop a few weeks ago. Uh, went into the shop and asked Omar, uh, "What does he recommend?" Uh, this is one of the first cigars he led me to, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. I really do. Um, tell us about the uh, uh, the blends for the uh, the Crook of the Crown, and you know, kind of uh, what kind of smoking experience can people expect from it?
2: Yeah. So the Crook the Crook is a uh, San Andreas Maduro over Indonesian binder and, and Nicaragua fillers. Um, it's very, it's super bold, very full flavor. Medium plus, but the, the the strength is understated. It's more about the flavor. You're going to get a deep espresso flavor from the Samota tobacco. You're going to have a nice spice. And depending on Vitola, whether it's the Rebuso or the, the Toro, you're going to have a varying degree of sweetness. Um, but it's going to be complex and it's going to be straightforward through, throughout. Um, I I love that cigar. We put a lot of time Mm -hmm. and effort into that cigar. Uh, and one of the things that, you know, we always talk about, you know, you, you mentioned us being small batch and boutique, but really to me, all that means is that we just focus on the product. You know, one of our biggest Mm -hmm. things is, you know, we smoke our blends for two to three years before they ever hit the market. I mean, we had the call to arms done probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. And we were just waiting till we thought it was ready to bring. uh, And obviously, had six months because of COVID. It was supposed to launch like April
1: 1st. (laughs) April Fool's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And um, so the the Call to Arms is going to start hitting stores this week uh, or or next week. And what can, uh, yeah, there's the beautiful band. What can, uh, tell us about the blend for Call to Arms and uh, kind of the smoking experience around that one.
2: So the call is a, is a Sumatra over all Nicaraguan bondage and fillers, um, completely different from the crook. As we alluded earlier, um, I, no matter what, it's going to be compared to the crook. I know that, but I, I wanted to create something completely different on the other side of the spectrum. Um, it's more spicy, creamy sweetness. The, the finish on it is intoxicating, uh, it, it is a lot stronger than it seems. It's actually a stronger cigar than the Crook in terms of you know nicotine content, um, but the the finish is, is probably the biggest draw that you're going to get from the cigar. It's long lasting, super creamy, has a great spice that kind of hangs on the palate. It's a super well balanced, a beautiful wrapper. Like it's 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 a cool cigar. I, I'm really excited and nervous to hear the feedback. Um, this is another one of our babies. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear what people have to say.
1: Oh yeah. I, you know, for the people that watch, you know, you, the regulars, you'll know that Matt and I are honest about our reviews. When we talk about cigars, we don't just call Joe Schmo cigar to have him on our show to fill a spot. We have guys on and companies on that we believe in the product and This cigar will melt your face in such a good way. Um, (laughs) If if you haven't had the crook of the crown, please click on that link. You know, and I know this is seeming like a a shameless, you know, really plug because Lee's on the show and it's easy for me to do that. That's not what this is. 100 percent. This is a legit cigar. You got to go, you got to go get it. It is every bit of what Lee just said it is. And I know that you were talking about the call to arms with the finish, but with the crook, actually the finish is fantastic on this cigar too. It lasts a long time and it is just tasty. Um, One of the things that when I'm smoking, if I need to keep hitting that cigar to get that good flavor, I'm going to hot box it. I'm going to over smoke it. It's going to get bitter. You said hot box. Uh, <laughs> I did. Uh, with this cigar, you can smoke it at a leisure pace. Enjoy it. The flavors last. Good job.
0: Thanks, man. Appreciate well, it. I, I think the uh, Garrett's totally right about this. The finish on this one. It's, it's a it's a lingering finish mm-hmm. on this crook of the crown and it's um you know it's it's really interesting because sometimes you get cigars where the uh the, the flavor profile is consistent with the aroma profile and that's also consistent with the finish where you get you get similar notes on all three of those factors but with this one they're completely different yeah. the draw itself. Yes. The, the draw and then the retro hail and then the finish each have kind of their own unique sort of characteristics. Uh, and it's, I, I tell you this too, this cigar makes me salivate a lot. Yeah. It's,
2: that's, it's, that's, that's one of the biggest things, right? Like I, uh, and that's kind of one of the things that we focused on is that's quality tobacco, right? Like it shouldn't dry your mouth out. Like if you're, yeah. you know, you have the pairing culture and if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But you shouldn't have to drink while you're smoking
1: yeah, or spit. You know, right. I um, I'm a spitter, but
2: <laughs>
1: I we're, spit we're learning.
2: We're learning so much about you.
1: We are.
0: Oh, uh, sorry. Please, I, I please could continue. really. I'm going to refrain. I'm, I'm just glad I wasn't drinking my drink right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and with this cigar, I have no desire. I'm not dried out, but yet I don't have the desire to spit, like I will with you know, uh, probably half the cigars I smoke. Um, yeah. And, that,
2: and so that's, you know, as much as we love hearing that, we want to take credit for it, but that's what a cigar should, should smoke like. It, mm-hmm. That's, that's all about the process. That's about having aged and properly processed tobacco. And so as much as we want to take credit for that, that's really what every cigar you buy should take, should do. Maybe not, maybe the flavors will change. Maybe the aromas will be different, but it, it shouldn't, you should have those similar qualities at the bare minimum and so that's one thing we focused on is that and the fact is our stuff's ready to smoke right off the truck right like i i one of the biggest things i hated as a boutique guy was you spend two to three hundred dollars on a box of cigars you gotta sit on it for three months before you can smoke it like that's absurd like it's my job to age the tobacco not yours you know so um and i think the the crook is kind of the swan song to everything we talked about of what we were trying to do, whatever, everything we saw differently, how we would do it. And it, it kind of brought itself together in that cigar. Yeah. And I think the call to arms just kind of takes it a difference. It, it's, it's going to be different on your palate. It's, it's going to be a different experience, but it, it's going to have those same qualities we just talked about. Oily wrappers, great construction, good draw, but it's going to have that long finish, but it's going to be a completely different finish. I think, probably from the outside of the smoker standpoint, the best thing about the cook is the room note. Like that thing just smells fantastic when someone else is smoking.
1: So when you were creating this cigar, is this the cigar that you wanted to, to create? Did you like a chef, they say great chefs cook for themselves. Did you create and chef this cigar for yourself or sure. what, you know, is that, is that how that went down for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, because so the, So having the background that I do, uh, you know, I I have an MBA, you know, and the weird thing about the cigar industry was a big adjustment for me was the cigar industry kind of breaks the traditional rules of business, right? What's the number one rule of business is you're not the customer. Mm
0: -hmm. But
2: if I don't love the cigar, if I don't love and am passionate about what I'm trying to get you to buy, how the hell can I expect you to spend your money on it? Yeah. And, and. I'm being hundred percent honest. Jr. and I built a cigar that we liked because if we couldn't sell it, we had to smoke a shit ton of them.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So, but it, it did, you know, when it came to blending, like my blending style is the fact that I let the, the tobacco do the talking, right? I try not to be myopic and, and say, I want to do a Habano this time, or I want to do a Maduro this time. Like I, I don't do that because I feel like you miss out on opportunities by doing that yeah um and and to be honest with you i'm a huge habano guy and i wanted that cigar to be a habano it just didn't work it was way too strong it would have been on you would have smoked it but then you wouldn't have been able to smoke it again the next day or right after Mm -hmm. um and that wasn't the intent at all um and i'm not one of those guys that has a morning cigar or a breakfast cigar like i don't do that like i i reach for the same stuff every day and the crook is something I can smoke it in the morning, afternoon, dinner, no time, no problem. Um, but you, yeah, I we blended it to what we liked, but also what we thought other people would like. And you don't know that as your first cigar. And so it's really complex. It's really out there and different. I don't think you could smoke that cigar and say it reminds me of another cigar. So when you yeah. do that, you have that apprehension of like, are people going to get it? And it, it well, lucky mm-hmm. enough they have, so then that gets you get you a little bit more brazen to try more things and do things differently. So we'll try it again with the call and see.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and that's what you just mentioned is interesting because that is something that we get a lot, you know, because we review cigars and we know a lot of people that review cigars, and uh, it's it's really common that and you've probably been through this too. It's really common that you'll smoke a cigar and sometimes almost immediately that cigar will remind you of another cigar that you like.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's it's it's, no. it's really common, but I, I have to be honest, I'm not getting that with this. And, and yeah. that, and, and, but at the same time, this cigar is really good, but I'm not sitting here smoking it going, Oh yeah, this reminds me of the XYZ cigar. It just, it's, it seems to be its own, its own thing. Yeah. You know, and that, was, that was
2: never in my forefront. Like we won't, when, when I was blending that, like it wasn't okay. How do I make something different than everybody else? It was I was solely focused on the flavors. Did it hit the notes that I wanted to have? Did it do the things that I needed it to do for me to enjoy it? Because then, your hope is that other people. There's always going to be someone that doesn't like it because it's just not for them. Cigars are subjective like anything else. Just because you like a cigar and I don't doesn't mean that you're right and I'm wrong and vice versa. It just mm-hmm. means for that smoker that experience is just not for them. Yeah. And so about, you build it from the top down.
1: Yeah. How about packaging? What uh, What was your approach to uh, packaging?
2: So we we get that a lot, and to be honest with you, we I kind of thought about it in terms of a boutique guy who has a shit ton of cigars. Like I have about five thousand cigars in my personal inventory. Like I I love cigars. Even now, I'm not one of those guys. Like I post everything. Like I smoke a bunch of stuff. I, I smoke. Plenty of the stuff of guests you guys have had. I don't take the bands off. Like I love cigars. It's you know they worked hard. They they make good cigars too, right? So so my thought was if we did the bundle, it would be different, and the fact that it's easier to store, right? When people are buying more and more and more, mm-hmm. um, and we we did everything with the mindset of the brick and mortar retailers, but also the consumer in mind. You know the display box fits. The, the our display box, you know, it holds both Patolas, but it fits in, the, in roughly the same amount as another as, as another company's single box. So it maximizes and optimizes shelf space, which makes it easier for a retailer to bring us on. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did our pricing to be geared towards that. There's incentives for bundles and stuff like that. So, and I just thought it looked pretty fucking cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, like man. the
2: black paper with the the wax seal was kind of just a a cool thing that kind of played with what we were doing
1: awesome
0: well and i also really like the because one of the things just from a cigar smoking perspective not not diving into all the review stuff just for us every day smoking smoking a lot of cigars um the it, it can be annoying if if you regularly have to keep worrying about the cigar going out and things like that. Um, combustion is very important to me. Proper sure. combustion is very important to me. Sure. me too. Uh, and you know, this, this is the second one of these that I've smoked. The first one, like I said, was a couple weeks ago and they're, they're consistent. It, it burns, it burns very well. It, it's stays clean and tight and, uh, there's tons of smoke output and I don't have to worry about it. No. I don't have to fight with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, as we all know, when you keep br- bringing the lighter back to the cigar, it's going to start to get harsh. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about that with this. And and most likely, and and I'm still learning a lot of the you know uh, uh, ins and outs of you know uh, blending for combustion. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of that has to do with that Indonesian binder because it's got it's it's a really great combustion tobacco. Is that right?
2: It it can be. Yeah. And the reason that we went with the Indonesian binder was solely for the fact that it didn't monopolize or manipulate the taste, the flavor yeah. profiles. Yeah. Right. Um, and when we're, when you're using a thick wrapper, like we are the higher priming of the San Andreas Maduro, which is a terribly thick tobacco, right? You don't want to add more thickness because then you get more oils, more congealed oils over time, which leads to that harshness. Mm-hmm. Um, So there is a lot of thought that goes into the selection of the binders when you're, when you're, when you're blending, but you're all right. It does contribute to a nice combustion, but I mean, the, the call uses a Habano binder and it does the same thing, but it's just about being mindful when you're constructing the cigar.
0: Yeah. So, and this is something that we, we like to ask people just, and I think I know the answer already, but I'm still curious You know that uh, that desert island cigar from from Stolen (laughs) Throne. You know, if you if you you know the Sophie's Choice moment, which one would you choose? Oh shit!
2: Uh, If it had to be a cigar that we make, uh, it would probably be the Crook solely because that was our you know inaugural blend. Yeah, like they they offer such different experiences. but the crook was like our, you know, our coming out party. I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: if I had to pick a cigar that we didn't make, it's easily the old Camacho Corojos. Oh,
0: oh yeah. wow! Yeah, the old school. Yeah, yep. that's probably yeah. one of my
2: favorite cigars of all time.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's transition a little bit and move into this week's vocabulary word. And guys, as always. Smoke is brought to you by AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Estelí, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. Superior. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, mm. whether it's New World Diaz de Gloria, San Letano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes. You are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So this week's vocabulary word is frog stripping. Oh, she's hot. She is. She is. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw her over at the uh, Rusty Nail a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: it really worked. No, up.
0: so uh, guys... For If you haven't been to a cigar factory, first of all, when things start to open up and you're able to travel again, I highly recommend finding a factory that does tours and go on a cigar tour factory and learn about the process because it'll make you appreciate these cigars even more. Uh, but frog stripping, put simply, is the tobacco leaf has a main center rib that connects it to rib. the plant that goes down the center almost all the way through, and, and frog stripping is when uh they they remove that center rib from the leaf and it it separates it out and sort of makes the leaf look like a frog after that center rib has been removed from the leaf. I wish I had a leaf here that I could show you but <laughs> you know, I don't have any just raw cured tobacco leaves laying around here. Uh so that is uh frog stripping and that is this week's smoke vocabulary word brought to you by AJ Fernandez.
2: The funny thing about frog shipping, too, is uh, the legs, as you were uh, alluding to, you can always tell sometimes you'll get a cigar that was actually rolled backwards, meaning that the leaf you yeah. put in the wrong side, and you'll know because the first few inches while you get through those legs has no taste.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's um, And it's, it's really fun to watch them... Do that frog stripping in the in the factory because oh they're fast man they are so fast at it I mean they they can go through like a bale in in a couple hours it's crazy um and it's really and some of them use these little machines that that look scary as hell because it it, it, seriously if you you know if if you get a a a pinky finger or something caught in there that doesn't
2: count they they don't do it by hand it doesn't count
0: yeah (laughs) yeah. So I think is it Mm -hmm. time Uh it Uh is time for this week's
1: Numero Numero de los Muertos. Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco time and talent comprised of black label trading company, black work studio, dissonant and Emilio Oveja Negra brands provide smokers, uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegrasigars.com for more. All right. As uh, we explained to Lee early in the show, um, I give a number, and it's up to uh, our guest, Matt, the people watching, to guess how 24 people a year die in the U.S. from this thing. Currently, that's the current number twenty-four. Here's the first kind of clue: is that number in 1968 was 567? That number in 1912 was 2,800 a year.
0: And right now, it's twenty-four. Twenty-four. All right, as always, viewers, leave uh, leave your guesses in the comments. We're, we'll all play together. Um, this is a tough one. Low numbers are always tougher. Hmm. Um, all right, Lee, jump in if you have any and questions too. We can we can ask for hints along the way. He Cat, he, may, he may refuse to give them, but castration.
1: <laughs> wow, that's a good one to look up.
0: No, it's not. No, it's not. Don't
1: <laughs> Google that. <laughs> Don't, it, well, don't Google it on your work computer. <laughs> uh, oh, Chad coming in. No. It is not poorly made alcohol. It is not castration. Uh, constipation. Ooh. Good stuff. No. Um, Damn it.
0: So something that obviously, I mean, if it's really low today and it was higher, the further you go back, it, the higher the number goes. It seems like it would be something to do with Advancements in medical science, or mm. disease control, or vaccines, Ooh, or something oh, like that—maybe yeah. antibiotics—or safer workplace It could be safer workplaces. Um,
1: are these? Uh, is are are the so Lee is one hundred percent correct in uh, his last comment? Ooh, yeah, antibiotics.
2: Uh,
1: okay. Uh, it is not measles, Randy. Good, good guess. S- syphilis. It is syphilis. Oh my God.
2: I don't know if I should be happy that I got that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Good job, man. Wow. Pull syphilis just right out. I love it. So, yeah. I have a particular set of skills. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you can go back to your support group and let them know that you have uh, contributed. But this was
2: terrible this was terribly planned this should have been episode 69
1: <laughs> i know oh you're right i know i should have had that for next week
2: missed opportunities
1: <laughs> mm, but that <laughs> makes me think of something i can do for next week
0: so, so <laughs> back in back in 1912
1: there were 2500 you said yeah and then yeah so well, I mean, in 1968, it, it dropped to, you know, it was 560-something.
0: It makes sense. I mean, because in 1912, I mean, getting a hangnail was almost a death sentence in 1912. Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, it got um, Al Capone, right?
0: I mean, Yeah, it eat, Al
1: Capone.
2: It, eat, it eats your brainstem, so.
1: That's right. So there are actually. That's what, that's what killed Al Capone? Yeah, syphilis. Oh, I didn't know that. So the. Um, uh The deal is that there are three types of syphilis. Obviously, it's all contracted the same way, but it it, uh, can either be cardiac syphilis. It can be nervous syphilis, which was uh, Al Capone. And um, uh, the third one uh, escapes me, but there are three kinds that it can develop into and eventually kill somebody. But one little dose of antibiotics will uh, completely... Take care of syphilis. I didn't well, know there's, that there
2: was multiple types. That's
1: interesting. Well, there's also the Sesame Street type,
0: right? Oh no, sorry, that was snuffle up against. That's Never snuff- mind. Yeah,
1: that's Snuffies. That's <laughs> that's a furry thing, you guys. Yeah,
0: that was bad. I'm sorry. I apologize. Wow, wow, I apologize wow. to all our viewers. I'm so sorry, Lee. I I, I have no excuse. Everything
2: I, cool. We just did. You just ruined it. I, I just. <laughs> I
0: just. <laughs> I just <laughs> took everything uh, to a bad place.
1: Well, that was this week's <laughs> Numero de los, los Muertos. Muertos.
0: All right. So, Lee, if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why?
1: Please say me. Please say me.
2: <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I don't have to. <laughs>
0: that's that's
2: easy probably, uh Probably Dennis Rodman.
1: Oh my gosh! Have we, I think we had that one other time? Maybe I don't think we did. Maybe Cause, not. Because in my
2: mind, it's just like a walking Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> like good or bad, I just think it's pretty.
1: Especially when you in North Korea, like North Korean. Yeah, I mean, one. you, you got to think. Like,
2: yeah, I mean that would that that's a pretty easy one.
0: I love it. I really like that Kim Jong Un. He eats <laughs> his pudding <laughs>
2: Oh look,
1: rainbows! <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, that would look really good on my smart car. My, my
0: <laughs> I think my little cocktail is starting to uh, do things. Do things. My brain is uh, maybe, looks, maybe it's syphilis. I don't know. Yeah, it
1: could be, it man. Could be syphilis. Now, yeah. we're, now
2: now we're gonna get weird. Let's
0: try this. This is the part of the show where shit gets weird. <laughs> uh, all right, Lee, if if you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? Oh.
2: oh about to get in a fight. Uh, probably like DMX's "Rough Rider Anthem" or something.
1: That's what I'm talking about. That's like the second time that's been. That's the fight to win. Actually, you know what I mean? That was my answer. When uh, a guest asked us, we had one guest who eventually asked us, and uh, that was my answer.
2: Yeah, I think the next, I think the next gun law is going to be like you can't have a concealed carry permit and listen to DMX. <laughs> Someone, <laughs> so, someone's going to, someone's going to get hurt.
0: <laughs> They're going to check your, th- they'll conf- <laughs> confiscate your phone and check yeah. your Spotify Look at your playlist. Spotify. Ugh, oh, this, this guy, guy listens, it, Yeah. All this right, so hot. it's
2: darker. Hell, as hot as I'm here. He <laughs> like
0: this. So choose one of the following: you could hit a home run as a starting pitcher, you could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, you could score a hockey goal as the goalie, or you could score a soccer goal as the goalie.
2: I think I would hit a home run.
0: Yeah, yeah. I
2: played I played football, right? But I think that hitting a baseball at the major league level is probably one of the hardest things to do.
0: Definitely. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: I mean, look at Chris Davis. He shows you that
0: dude. Love it. All right. So what is the number one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's a brand new premium cigar consumer?
2: Uh, Try as much as you can. You know, you develop your palate. And a lot of times, people don't do that because a lot of times the developing your palate side comes from smoking things you don't like. Mm. And that's a, that's a big thing. And even, even on this side of the table, it's still like, even if there's certain tobaccos that I don't really care for, but you you need to smoke them in order to understand the flavor profiles and kind of the expansion of the tobaccos and that kind of stuff. But so I would just say smoke as much as you can, Uh, different things.
1: And what I'm starting to realize is that smoke, Uh, Cigar smokers are a lot like my kids. I've got kids that will eat anything, and then I've got a couple kids that are very picky about what they eat. And it's the same in the cigar industry. There There are people who they have found what they like, and that is it. And that's totally fine if that's how you roll. I love variety. I love to both eat and smoke a lot of different things. And uh, I encourage. Uh, I'm with you, Lee. I encourage people. Just- but I
2: think I think it's all. I think that's all linear too, right? Like I'm a foodie. Like I eat a bunch of shit. I like to go to different yeah. restaurants and do a bunch of different things. And I think that's yep. That's me as well with you know bourbons and rises. Like it is with cigars. I think yeah. you know. And the people that can enjoy one thing. I mean, I think that that's pretty admirable. Like I would get so bored just smoking the same thing Ab- over and over and over again. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I do I, I do smoke a lot of Soul and Throne things, but I'll be honest with you, I think the guys that work with us and for us smoke way more than I do in terms of our brand, because I, I there's a plenty of other shit that people making great cigars.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that that's a, thank you very much for for teeing up the segue just perfectly, because our next segment is what we call Notable Smokeable. Uh, it's something that uh, Garrett and I have smoked in the last week yourself as well. Something that just stood out to us. It could be a cigar that's been on the market forever that we revisited for the first time in in many years or something that's brand new that we just tried. Um, so, uh, Lee, what is something that you've smoked recently that uh, just kind of caught your attention?
2: Uh, there's two of them that I really like. Uh, one's kind of new. The other one's been out for some time. I really uh, I really enjoy the Tatawaje Escaso's. I think that's just a superior cigar, man. I, I text Pete all the time. I tell him that I know that he's put addictive agents in there. I've smoked <laughs> I've smoked a ton of them over COVID. Like a ton.
1: Um, like KFC. Yeah.
2: And then he's uh addictive
0: chemical in his chicken that makes you crave it fortnightly, smart ass. Sorry, go ahead.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the illusione candela eighty
0: eight. Oh really? Oh, yeah, yeah. Can- Candelà. That's yeah. The, that's one of, the, one the, of few... the only ones that I like. Uh, yeah,
2: but... I I agree. I'm not a, I'm not the biggest uh, Candelà fan. There there's there's a few out there. Like the Fumorian is a very good cigar.
0: Yep.
2: Um, but the Candelà 88 and the 888 8, 8 from Dion is it's awesome. It's yep. uh it's a kick ass cigar. I smoked one of those today actually. Uh, I I made eye contact with it here in the ashtray. <laughs>
0: Eye contact, <laughs> eye contact is important. <laughs> eye contact is important. Um, so mine this week was actually, um, and we keep giving this love to uh, to Omar, but um, this just happened to be the one that I put on my notable smokable list. On Friday, there was a Black Label Trading Company event at Omar's shop at Ramsey Smoke Shop, and uh, I picked up a big handful of cigars, and and they had some of the new Killer Bee Swarm which is uh, uh, Cameroon and uh, very different experience than the original uh, Killer B. But I, I think I actually like it better. That, as good as the original Killer B is, I think I like it better than, than the original. Um, have,
2: have you smoked the, the Aladino Cameroon?
0: Yeah, yeah. The that Aladino. Lonsdale size in the Aladino Cameroon is yeah. ridiculous. I yeah, the it.
2: Lonsdale. I, I have, uh, I've smoked like a box of those. Those Lons yeah. Lonsdales are really good. Yeah,
1: yeah. really good. Um, What was yours, Garrett? So for me, it was a HVC 500. Yes. And that, you know, is just, it's a solid cigar. It's one of those cigars you can always count on to uh, perform well to, um, and yeah, sat outside late at night. Um, Me and my boy were watching that Comet that came. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it turned out to be a beautifully clear night. I was scared cause it was cloudy just earlier on the, the peak night that we were supposed to be able to see it here. And, uh, we got to see it and it was fantastic.
0: Awesome. All right. So for our viewers and listeners, uh, give you an idea of a couple things we have coming up soon next week on August 4th. I cannot believe it's going to be August already, but next yeah. week on August 4th, uh, this is something I'm really excited about. I mean, we're excited about every guest, but this is a really interesting story. Uh, uh, Tony Barrios from Stallone or Stallone Cigars. Um, I'm going to figure out exactly how to pronounce it when we talk to him. Um, not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with, with Sylvester Stallone. Uh, yeah. Tony, Tony actually is, is a champion, uh, cut horse rider and, uh, got into the cigar business and has been, Really making a name for for the brand over the last uh, year or so, maybe, maybe uh, around that time, uh, and brought on uh, Todd Vance as the uh, as the sales director. Uh, and Todd has a storied history in the cigar business, and um, and it's a it's a brand that we're excited to learn more about. So Tony's going to be on the show next week on August fourth. Does and he have then... any
2: affiliation with Vance for a duration? <laughs>
0: Todd Vance, Vance Refrigeration. (laughs) Damn it, Lee. Wait, is it Todd? No, it's not Todd Vance. What's his name? It's uh, Bob. Bob Bob
1: Vance. Bob Bob Vance, Vance Vance Refrigeration. Nice (laughs) to meet
0: you. What line of work are you in there, Bob? (laughs) Uh, And then uh, the following week, uh, August 11th, uh, our good friend, his second appearance on the show, uh, Jeff Borshowitz from Corona Cigar Company and Florida Sun Grown Farms. Um, So... Uh, Lee, give everybody a final idea. Where's the best place for them to get all the latest up-to-date information on Stolen Throne Cigars?
2: Yeah, you can reach out. We're, uh, we're on Instagram and Facebook. That's the easiest way. We're, we're super, you know, responsive. We like to reach out. We like to, you know, in, interact with the, the customers and consumers. Um, you can also check us out on Cigar Federation and and. Plenty of our, you know, our, our partners do a great job, like Omar. Um, we're all over. So we're, we're growing constantly, which is really humbling, and, and we're grateful for that. But, yeah, check us out. Shoot us a message. Happy to talk to you.
0: Awesome. Uh, and a final reminder for uh, for viewers and listeners, this discount code is not going to last forever. So I'm putting the link up on the screen. You can find the link in the comments. Click on the link and go to Ramsey Smoke Shop. This will take you directly to The page to buy Stolen Throne cigars, use the promo code HBTC for ten percent off your purchase and uh pick up some stolen throne cigars from there. Mm -hmm. Uh Lee, thanks again so much, brother, for spending time with us this evening and teaching us about your brand and and uh and sharing your story with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, man, Thank
2: you guys so much for your time. I appreciate your patience for having me on.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all our viewers and listeners, as always, thanks for listening on the podcast. Thanks for watching on Facebook and YouTube. If you have any questions, email us directly on the website, HowAboutThatCigar dot com. Follow us on social media at HBT Cigar. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks, guys.